Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We are currently in the series, Flaw Faith, a delightful series on how not to be. We hope it's a blessing. Well, good morning and welcome to Valley Point Church. It is great to see you. I'm thankful that you're here and I also want to welcome all those who may be watching online. I hope you enjoy our gathering as well. So it is June 18th, which marks the unofficial start of summer here at Valley Point Church. School is out for everyone now. Vacations begin. It's summer. Now, I know the official start of summer is June 21st, but it's close enough. And so we're going to declare this the start of summer. The other thing that begins on June 18th, our unofficial start of summer here, is that we begin our summer series, which this year is called Blah Faith. Sounds great, doesn't it? Blah Faith. Well, this is going to be a delightful series on how not to be. In other words, we don't want to have Blah Faith. Because that is not a great idea, and I don't believe it's the way that Jesus wants us to live. And so, just a delightful series on how not to be. And I want to encourage everyone over our summer months to do this. Here's what I want for all of us. I want us to reframe our relationship with Jesus. I want us to reframe that as something real, dynamic, and joyful. That's our goal, and that's what I'm looking for all summer long, for us just to reframe our friendship with Jesus, to kind of refocus that relationship as something real, dynamic, and joyful, because here's what I'm convinced of. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. God does not want us to have blah faith. But unfortunately, I think that's how many followers of Christ tend to live. I think that's the way many of us give our time and attention to when it comes to our friendship with Christ. This word blah is kind of interesting because it means something boring or something lacking meaningful content. And so if something is blah, then it is boring or it does not have sufficient content to hold our attention. And so, I want all of us to wrestle with this question for a moment. Is it possible that my friendship with Jesus can be defined that way? As blah, as boring, or as lacking meaningful content? Is that possible? It's interesting when you think about this question because when you look into Scripture, one of the things you discover is that Jesus painted an entirely different picture of what following Him could possibly be. And Jesus made some bold statements like this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. These are the words of Christ. I have come. And the reason that I have come is that they might not just have Life, but have a very full life or an abundant life. These are the words of Jesus. He went on to say, anyone who believes in me 
will do the same works I have done and even greater works. So when you look at the statements that Jesus made about how I came to give life and to give a full life and those who follow me and believe in me will do even greater works than what I have done. These are very bold, shocking statements and they are not blah. They're not. Again, blah means boring or lacking meaningful content. But when you investigate what Jesus said about following him and about being obedient to him and about taking up our crosses and walking after him, it's this full life. It's a life that is meaningful and dynamic. It's anything but blah. So here's the deal. I want to encourage everyone throughout the summer to be here as much as you possibly can be as we focus our attention. And again, just kind of reframe our friendship with Jesus as something real and dynamic and joyful. That's blah faith. All right? Let me walk you through our time frame today. It's Father's Day. And so here is what we're going to do. I'm going to share a big idea with you that speaks to blah faith and how we can avoid that. And then I have some specific verses that I want to share with men and with dads. And then after that, I'll have takeaways for everybody. Okay, big idea. That'll kind of just let us know where we're going today. And then verses specifically for men and for fathers. And then takeaways for all of us. Does that make sense? All right, here we go. Big idea. And I would encourage you to take out the talk notes section in your program there and fill in some of these blanks because I think it will be helpful to you. Here's our big idea for Father's Day. If you want to have blah faith, if you want that, if you desire that, if that's kind of interesting to you, then do this. Never retell the stories of God's provision. All right, so blah faith is possible. That's certainly an option. And unfortunately, I think many followers of Christ take that kind of life and they live that way. But if you want to have blah faith, here, do this. Never retell the stories of God's provision. Fathers, men in the room, I think we have a role to play in this. And sometimes we tend to shrink back from this responsibility to share the stories of God's provision in the past. And so if we do that, if we shy away, if we forget about God's provision in the past and never retell these stories, I believe it will lead to a blah faith. And again, we don't want that. All right, if you have a Bible, I want you to find Psalm chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78, the book of Psalms is in the middle of your Bible. So if you open it up at the halfway point and begin turning and searching, you'll probably find Psalm 78 quickly. While you're looking for that in your Bibles, let me give you a little bit of context on what's happening in Psalm chapter 78. It's written by a guy named Asaph. Asaph was a musician. He was an artist, a creative type, and he worked for King David. King David is kind of an important figure in Bible history. And what Asaph did for King David is that he was the leader of the musicians that King David hired to perform in the kingdom. And so Asaph has an elevated role. He's important. He is a leader. And he begins to write in Psalm 78. 
And he is reminding the audience about the ancient history of Israel. And how God has done some amazing things. And how God has provided for us in the past. And we can't forget about these provisions. As we move forward. As we do whatever it is that God has called us to do. We can't forget about the stuff in the past. We just can't do that. And then he calls them to live their lives in such a way that they put a smile on the face of God. That's the challenge of Asaph in Psalm 78. Here's verse 1. He says this. O my people... Listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I'm saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past. Stories we have heard and known because of this. They are stories that our ancestors handed down to us. And so he's reminding them, don't forget, about our ancient history. And we know about these stories because our grandparents, our parents, they have handed down these stories to us. They have reminded us of the great things that God has done. So don't forget this stuff. Verse four, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. That is a really powerful statement. If you like to underline and circle, I would go to town on that phrase because this is part of our responsibility as parents, as leaders. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them. Get this, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation, here's what they should do. They should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Okay, great paragraph. Very challenging. And Asaph is basically ringing the bell here and saying, don't forget, don't forget. Don't forget, God has done some incredible things in the past. And we've got to remind ourselves of this and begin the process of passing it on to the next generation. So don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Here's what I do. (laughs) I forget all of the time. And maybe you're the same way. And I know what God has done in the past and I know he's answered prayers of mine and I know that he has provided and that he is an amazing, glorious God of provision. I know that because I have those stories tucked away in the past and I can look to that, but sometimes I worry about today. And I know God did that yesterday and God did that way back there. I get that. But I'm not so sure about today and I'm not always sure about tomorrow, and I forget about the amazing provision of God, and when I forget, I stop retelling the stories of God's provisions from yesterday, and when that happens, my faith gets a little blah, becomes boring, and it lacks content because I've lost sight of the provision of God in the past, which, pro- which provides a foundation for God's provisional work in the future. That's what happens to me. Maybe you do the same. I'm not sure. 
I, I think here's a question for all of us. Am I allowing that to happen in my life? Forgetting about the past provision of God, being consumed with mountains today and challenges today, so much so that that foundation back there of God's provision is no longer driving me and my faith is kind of boring and it lacks meaningful content. Well, this passage wasn't written just to men or fathers, but because it's Father's Day, I think we can uniquely lean into this. And one scholar did say this about Psalm 78. I think this is fascinating. So fathers, pay attention to this. Here the concern in Psalm 78 is passing on to children the lessons of the fathers. And it's not that other people can't pass on lessons to our children, but there's something valuable and he's lifting up lessons of the fathers. A similar value is expressed in the Egyptian instruction to Tahotep in which it is noted that fathers pass instruction onto their children generation after generation by their, get this, actions as well as their words. So actions and words come together. So who's Tahotep? <laughs> well, he was an ancient city official, a city administrator in Egypt. He had an important job and he began to take notes on how he could do that in a way that was full of integrity, he packaged those notes into what is known as the instruction of Tahotep, which became part of the Egyptian wisdom literature. So you have ancient Israel's history where they are saying, hey fathers, pass on to the next generation stories of the past. With words and actions, do that. And then outside of scripture, you have ancient Egyptian literature where they emphasized Fathers passing on to the next generation important things. Tahotep's instructional letters were geared to men in helping them know how to behave and how to conduct themselves. And in that he says, all right, fathers, pass instruction on to your children generation after generation. You do that with your actions as well as your words. So I think Psalm 78 presents a very strong case for fathers engaging and leaning into this. Well, since it's Father's Day, I want to lean into this whole concept a little bit more. So men, let me talk to you for just a little bit. Women in the room, you can check out. If you want to look at your email, if you want to draw on your notes, feel free to do that for a little bit. And then I'll bring you back in just a moment for our takeaways. All right, fathers, dads, Men, let me talk to you for just a little bit. Two questions I want us to wrestle with. Number one, what are you personally doing to tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of God? You have to personalize this. What are you doing to tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of God? I believe we have a responsibility in this, a sacred responsibility to pass on stories of God's provision so that our faith does not become blah. And so dads, men, what are we doing to tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of God? And the second question is this, if you don't, who will? If you don't, who will? So what are you doing to tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of God? And if you don't, 
who will. Men, dads, grandfathers. Don't be afraid to lead your families spiritually to step out and to bring them to church and to have spiritual conversations and to pray together. It's worth it. That's what this church needs. That's what our communities need. That's what this world needs. Fathers, men willing to pass on to the next generation the glorious deeds of our Father. And we shouldn't fear that. We shouldn't shrink away from it either. Men, I think we generally like it when we shoot straight with each other, right? That's good for us. We enjoy that. And so, as a man, as a father, and as your pastor, let me shoot straight with you for just a few moments. Men, fathers, don't be soft spiritually. Don't be soft. There's way too much of that. Let your children hear you talking about God. Let them see you serving God. Let them hear you praying to God. That is a great thing. Don't be soft spiritually. By the way, my wife tells me, and you need to close the ears of the young ones in the room right now, but here's wisdom from my wife, Tanya. She said that being spiritual makes a man sexy. So, if your beach body has sailed, like that's just not going to happen for you anymore, then engage spiritually, right? Come on. I mean, this works. All right, for the young men in the room, those of you in middle school, high school, college age, young professionals, those who are not fathers quite yet, I want you to listen for a moment. I don't know where life is going to take you. And right now, you probably don't have a full answer to that yet. You don't know where life's going to take you either. But chances are that life will bring to you the opportunity to have a relationship with someone and to bring into the world a young child. That's probably going to happen for you. seems to happen for most people. And even if it doesn't, there's opportunity for you to impact the next generation. Chances are for you, that's going to happen. You're going to get married and you're going to have a child. When that day comes, you will need God more than ever. And you will be overwhelmed with the enormity of the task in front of you of raising a young child, knowing that they are absolutely dependent on you and that they need you. And so the challenge for you is right now, grow your relationship with God. Don't be soft spiritually. Even as a young man, don't be soft spiritually so that when that day comes, you have something to draw upon to share with that life who so desperately needs you. And so the challenge for us as men and as fathers is don't be soft spiritually. Don't do it. There's too much of that. And our church needs, our communities need, and this world needs men and fathers and grandfathers who are leaning into this and telling the next generation about the glorious deeds of God. Okay, let's get into our takeaways for everybody. So ladies, let me invite you back into the discussion and I want to go back to our big idea for just a moment, which is if you want to have blah faith, if you want that, never retell the stories of God's provision. 
that's kind of directed to dads and men, but I believe that we all can contribute to that. And here's how. You probably have a man in your life that's a part of your world, a father, a grandfather, a son, a brother, a friend, a coworker. We all have men in our lives. And so here's takeaway number one. Use the three phrases that build men and encourages them to engage spiritually. Right? So if we need fathers and we need men recounting the stories of God's provision so that our faith doesn't become blah, then we need to use the three phrases that build men and encourages them to engage spiritually. Here's the three phrases. Fill in these blanks. We all need to remember this. Number one, I'm proud of you. Number two, try it. Number three, God wants to use you. I'm proud of you. Try it. And God wants to use you. I think these are very simple phrases that build men and encourage them to engage spiritually. Let's think about these phrases for just a moment. I'm proud of you. You know, boys and men are not as confident as they may appear to be on the outside. And anybody who breathes into that relationship that I believe in you and I am proud of you, that is absolutely incredible and that builds. Men, we understand this and we know this and we don't have enough of this in our lives. And so when anybody comes along to say, you know what, I'm really proud of you, that's incredible. That's amazing. Now imagine... As a man, as a man you, you risk a little bit and you make a spiritual decision and you engage to deepen your relationship with God a little bit. Imagine if somebody important to you came and said, you know what, that spiritual decision, what you're doing right now to chase after God, I am so proud of that. Amazing. Try it. Try it. So boys and men are generally built to be a little wild at heart. And we often do crazy things that are stupid. Occasionally. Occasionally. And it seems that men increasingly are told, don't try it. Don't do it. It's not safe. And that won't work. Constantly just fed with that. And that's not really how men are wired. And I would say we're not wired that way spiritually. There is a sense of danger and adventure with following Christ into the unknown that should resonate with men to dive into that, even the danger that's connected there. And when we do that a little bit, for somebody to get next to us to say, try it, try it. That's a really crazy spiritual thing that you may be pursuing, but try it. It's a wonderful thing. And then this third phrase, God wants to use you. What a wonderful thing to say to people. God wants to use me? Are you kidding? I know what I'm like and I know what I think and what I do and I know all of my faults and imperfections. I know my failings and I know where I've messed up in the past. But guess what? God still wants to use you and still can do that. Listen. If you have a dad, a father, a brother, a son, a friend, coworker, whatever this looks like, using these three phrases will build the men in your world and will encourage them to engage spiritually. And we need more of that. So let's start using these three phrases, okay? Second takeaway. Dads, this is specific to us. And that is tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of God. 
Again, I believe we have a sacred responsibility. It's not just that dads need to do this. I think we all need to be doing this, moms included. But there's something special, I think, tied to what we find here in Psalm 78 about men leading the way and telling the next generation about the glorious deeds of God so that we're building a foundation for the next generation. By the way, that's what happens here. Remember verse 7? So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. And when we as dads engage in this, when we tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of God, we are helping them set their faith anew on God, which is something they desperately need. And by the way, in doing that, in taking these steps for all of us, whether we're building men using those three phrases or whether we're recounting the stories of God's provision and helping the next generation, our children, our grandchildren, set their faith anew on God, whatever step we're taking there, guess what? Not blah faith. It's not. And that's a great thing. Father, we step into your presence and we're thankful for this Father's Day. And Psalm 78 is an amazing set of words penned by Asaph a choir director, a a music director, and you used him to challenge ancient Israel not to forget. Not to forget. And I think there is just a unique responsibility in there for all of us, but, but for dads, as we think about this day, I think there is a great responsibility for us to recount the stories of God's provision in the past so that we can help the next generation set their hope on God. If we don't do this, if we don't take that responsibility seriously, who will recount these stories and help our children and grandchildren and those who are valuable and important to us set their hope on God? Father, I pray that you would shake us a little bit today. Help us to look to you I pray for the fathers in the room, grandfathers, those men with impact and influence. Help us not to be soft spiritually, but help us to lean in. And God, I pray that you'd use everybody in this room to use those three phrases that encourage and engage men spiritually. Knowing that stories will be recounted And the next generation has a great chance of setting their hope on you. Help us to take this responsibility seriously. God, I pray that you would encourage the fathers in the room today. Help them to enjoy their day and look for these opportunities to lead spiritually. God, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.